week. Today's show is brought to you by Vinyl Me Plays. You guys can join the record club of the month at joinvmp.com slash misaligned. I'll have that in the show notes so you don't have to remember the link or anything like that. It should just be nice and accessible to you guys. And on that note, we are going to jump into today's guest. We have on Mark Garza. Mark, how are you doing today? I'm good. Awesome. And I heard about you basically through James Cassar and, you know, some other mutual internet friends, I guess you could say, that we have. So, you know, it took a while to get you on the podcast, but you are finally here. And I sort of just want to talk to you a bit about when you got into music, because I know you started doing some things with the music industry in high school, and that's, you know, earlier than I personally started. So I'm just sort of interested in how that happened. So when you first got into doing things with music, what were you doing and what sort of started that for you? The way that I listened to music up until, I don't know, probably, uh, I don't know, mid-high school, um, maybe early high school, is I, I mostly listen to like individual songs. I don't, I don't think I heard a full album until I was probably about like, you know, freshman year or something like that. Okay. Um, and I would, you know, just look them up on YouTube watch a lot of like lyric videos um, and like just go like through the related videos. That's kind of how I discovered things. So through a lot of that, uh, I started getting into like a lot of like, um, I guess, emo bands, uh, like older emo bands. Um, And this was when like Omegle was still a thing that like chat roulette site. Okay. Uh, And I... I met this guy on Omegle who was into some of the same bands and uh, we started talking and uh, we added each other on Facebook and uh, he kind of introduced me to his friend group and a lot of his friends at the time were like people that were um, doing their own like tape labels um, and you know just kind of running it out of their bedroom but that wasn't really like my thing at first. when I started high school, I moved to Houston, so I didn't really, uh, from San Antonio, um, and I didn't really know anybody here, I didn't really have a lot of friends, and that's about when I met uh, this guy, um, his name's Chase, and we kind of just, you know, we were, we were good friends for a while, and I always kind of toyed with the idea of uh, starting a music blog, just because I wanted, you know, something to do right. in my free time. Uh, I moved, like, in the summer, so I wasn't, like, in school, I couldn't uh, meet anybody necessarily, so... Uh, I think in like September of 2012, uh, Chase and I decided to start a music blog together. And uh, eventually, uh, I think about maybe, you know, a month or two into it, uh, mostly because like all of our friends were doing it and Chase had like the equipment already, uh, we decided to make it a label. And that's kind of just what I've been doing since. Uh, I did some writing for other sites in between, but... uh, Mostly just, you know, uh, funeral sounds is what it's called. Uh, and that's what I do now. Yeah. And as someone who has started a music site and everything, I know how difficult that can sort of be, especially now that it seems like a lot of premieres and stuff are sort of confined to a handful of sites, maybe a few more than that. But it's still a very small number, especially for the type of music that you're putting out on funeral sounds it seems like a very i don't want to say a niche thing but 
you know, there's a small group of people covering it, essentially. And every once in a while, you know, you'll get something on Rolling Stone about a band like ones that you put out on Funeral Sounds or ones that Near Mint put out and that sort of thing. So what do you think sort of led you to focus on the label instead? Was it that fact, basically, that, you know, there's already so many music blogs and only X amount or sort of really worthwhile, I guess you could say? Well, I think uh, the I stopped I stopped writing about music mostly because I stopped like I don't know. It was I, I guess it was never necessarily something I wanted to do. Okay. Like I it was I never really set out to do it, I guess. I just kind of thought like, you know, maybe this will be fun and uh, a good excuse to, you know, find new music and and kind of go from there. Um and then like, you know, at the same time, uh the Funeral Sounds blog was very kind of supplemental, I guess, uh to like the label side. So, you know, people would uh read the blog and like read, you know, things that um are like staff wrote about and then they would like check out the label which is like kind of similar stuff in a lot of ways uh the like i guess the the audience kind of overlaps a lot um you know i, I guess i a lot of people that listen to like music that we covered on funeral sounds kind of have you know a wide variety of tastes i i guess i i like i stopped writing about music also because um i don't know i kind of like didn't have a lot of time. I always kind of really wanted to focus on the label. Right. And I wanted to focus on like, you know, trying to like, really wanted to like get a job and uh, use that money to do more label things. Like we've mostly been confined to like cassette tapes and stuff for a while. Uh, we've got like one or two vinyl releases um, and I kind of want to do more vinyl in the future. Uh, and But that's expensive. Right. But I guess I also kind of, I had like, I've been struggling a lot with like, how I feel about music lately. Um, it's gotten a lot harder for me to like enjoy things okay. uh, that I used to enjoy. Um, and a lot of newer stuff just kind of like, at least like in the realm of like punk and emo, and, like indie rock, so to speak. Like I've been listening to a lot of rap lately. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, I guess that's like part of growing up in a way. Um, just seeing where all that takes me. Yeah, so for Funeral Sounds, when you guys started that, for the label portion anyway, did you immediately jump into physical releases? Because as someone who also owns a label, so, you know, we have a few things in common here, but I think we also do things very differently. So I'm always interested in picking someone's brain about, you know, how they do things for their label. Did you immediately jump into doing cassettes and physical releases or did you sort of ease into that? Uh, I think we jumped right in. Um, I, one of the first bands we worked with was one of the first bands that we covered on the blog, and that was kind of a kind of our way of discovering bands at the same time. Was like they send us submissions for review, and maybe we like it so much that we wanted to work with them uh, beyond that capacity. Um, in the in the first in the beginning in the first uh, year or two, uh, Chase was doing all of the label work, and I was kind of handling the blog stuff. Okay. And uh, we'd like delineate it uh, that way. And, you know, Chase had all the equipment to make tapes already. I think he'd, he'd, he'd have done it before. Um, so he had all the equipment. So uh, he kind of just jumped into that. Um, I helped with like, you know, finding bands and kind of organizing that stuff. But Chase, Chase left, I think in like 
October of 2015, possibly. We started in 2014. He left in, like, 2015. Okay. Uh, and then I started doing the label myself in, like, January or February of 2016. And that was real strange because I never, you know, I never held a cassette tape, I think, before before that. Well, you know, maybe I, I bought one at a show or something like that, but I'd never have, like, had a hand in the in the in the production process i guess so that was interesting yeah so do you have to go somewhere to get your tapes made now or can you still or do you still have access to you know that same equipment chase had for the label uh i bought my own um usually what i do now is i like order blank tapes uh and usually lately i've been ordering them like uh blank but like you know imprinted and with like the j card and the case and everything okay um and I just record them. I have like a little setup that I've uh, gathered together over the years that can I, I do them all in real time. Um, so they're all like master tapes in a way. And I have a little setup that can do, I think, seven at this point, like at once. Okay. It's still like a, a long process, but right. I think it's kind of feels it feels uh, good, I guess. Yeah, I, I think there's there's something about it that feels like I don't want to say like pure, but like, I don't know, a little, little genuine in the in that process but it's also it's definitely very annoying because <laughs> i have to you know maintain the tape decks and make sure that they're like working and right. you know this old technology is not uh very kind in the modern age uh i guess it wasn't very kind back then i'm sure they broke uh you know similarly maybe not as much now that they're like 30 40 years old um it might be an overestimation but you know, old equipment uh, gives you a lot of issues. Yeah, definitely. Expensive to fix because nobody knows how to fix them anymore. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, doing seven at a time, do you try to keep your runs to limited amounts? Like, you know, do you do only 50 tapes or something like that for a release? Or do you sort of just do, put up pre-orders and then see how many people pre-order and go based off of that? Um, I usually do... Either runs of like a hundred or or fifty. Uh, we used to do like smaller runs, uh, like twenty five, um, mostly, uh, like in the first year or two. Right. But you know, as we've grown now, we do about probably a hundred uh, at least, uh, fifty, depending on like you know a number of factors uh, with the project. But yeah, usually between fifty and a hundred, um, and I just kind of record them <laughs> as I, I I tend to record them as I get the order. Right. Oh, I have a lot of like blank tapes um, that are like ready to go uh, if I need to record them. And I kind of just, you know, as I get the orders in, I record like, you know, a batch. So I have like a batch until that runs out, get another order, uh, make another batch, so on and so forth. Yeah. And that makes sense. So you're not, you know, having too many just sitting around that are sort of ready to go and you have no clue if, you know, you're actually going to get the, those orders in and... You know, I've only done a single physical release and it was CDs and I still have a ton of them sitting in my room. So yeah, I think I know with, how that is. <laughs> yeah, I think with physical, it's sort of hard to judge, especially when it's something like CDs or vinyl, because you have to send those out somewhere else. So I think the cool thing with cassettes is like what you're doing, you can sort of get that equipment and do it as you go and sort of just learn the process and everything. And while the equipment might be a little difficult to maintain, it's probably still slightly better than having to rely on someone else's timeline too. So for you, 
is that sort of the main reason why you've been more so sticking with tape releases other than the cost of vinyl? But, you know, say you had the ability to do that. Do you still think your cassette releases might do a little better because you don't have that same timeline for vinyl? Yeah, I I, I think I'd, I'd say so. Um, and a lot of that also has to do with like the individual bands we're working with. We tend to work with uh, smaller bands and I feel like it's, you know, a better idea most of the time as well to kind of start a band off with uh, cassettes and kind of see how those fare um, to determine whether or not, you know, vinyl could be a, a possibility in the future. Right. Um, so I think it's a good a good gauge gauge of a you know a, a band's audience and what they can you know how many how many copies we should make you know like yeah. And have you thought about you know offering your tape services to other labels or anything like that, or are you strictly keeping it for your own right now? Because not many people probably have their own you know tape machines that they can use to record the tapes and everything um i've, I've definitely thought about it uh, i haven't gotten around to it um and i don't really know if i ever will it's kind of just in the back of my head um right i think like the the middleman process um you know in terms of like you know say someone wants me to make their tapes for them i'd you know i'd assume i'd like have to order the blank tapes and you know record them and like assemble them and everything that's kind of a big process in itself um especially if it's like you know um diy you know i used to like i used to print the j cards on like cardstock at uh the ups store okay and like cut it out and like fold it myself uh along the spine yeah and that was that it takes a long time <laughs> right it's like it's kind of you know not not a lot of fun um, and they do have like paper, you know, like uh, already scored paper, I guess, for like right. J cards specifically. But I really hate working with printers. So I don't know if I'd ever do that <laughs> unless <laughs> I could, you know, get the J cards made uh, separately. But at the same time, like all of those things cost. So I'd be charging whoever like the cost of that and then some for labor. Right. Um, and I don't think like. I'd charge more than like, I don't know, $30 for labor. So at the end of it, it seems like I'd be making $30 for like a lot of time. Right. And I don't really want to do that, I guess. No, I totally get that. It would, I was just asking out of curiosity because I don't know if I've ever heard of any of my friends' labels or anything like that having their own tape machine so they can do their cassettes. And I know and you probably know Near Mint does a lot of cassettes, but I don't think they do them on their own. I think they have them sent out somewhere. I could be wrong about that. I'm sure, you know, I can ask James later and <laughs> correct this if I need to. <laughs> but why don't I go ahead and take a quick sponsor break and then we'll talk a little more about music and whatnot. Okay, cool. So for all of you listeners of Misaligned, Vinyl Me Please is a vinyl record club of the month. It is the best record club, in fact. And every month, Vinyl Me Please features one album that is essential to the modern vinyl collection and sends it to thousands of members worldwide. So basically what you are getting when you sign up for Vinyl Me Please is you will get one exclusive album that you can't get anywhere else. It will come by, come with a 12 by 12 album-inspired art print. So you're not only getting a record, but you're getting these lovely art prints that you can hang all around your room, your apartment, your house, whatever you have. And then you will also get a 
drink recipe to go with it. So, you know, for those of you who are of age and like making your own drinks, you can do that as well because they will tell you everything you need to do to make these awesome drinks. And, you know, you don't have to stay subscribed either. The memberships are flexible. You can sort of hop on whenever you see there's a record you want and then, you know, skip on the months where it's, you know, maybe an artist you either don't like or aren't familiar with or what have you. So there's a lot you can do with this membership. And again, the link to join is joinvmp.com slash misaligned. So definitely check them out and sign up if you are interested. All right. So Mark, you mentioned not really liking the blog part of funeral sound. So I'm just curious as to why that is. Was writing just never something that you thought about doing? Was it never really a strong suit for you? Or do you just feel like you're more interested in the label side of things? I I think I'm more interested in the label side of things. Um, I enjoyed writing, but I think there was also a lot of like uh, imposter syndrome involved, I think it's called. And also like, I kind of just, like I said, you know, I kind of started listening to other music and I didn't really know, I don't really know how to write about uh, the music I listen to now, I guess I don't have as much of a, a background, I guess, with it. Um, writing was just a uh, time consuming. Um, but you know, uh, most, most of the blog, most of the blog, uh, for a while was like, I had a staff at some point, okay. um, that wrote most of the things, uh, they were good. I think, I think I, I've, I've kind of, that's kind of become a little family, I guess, uh, for me. Um, but so I, 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 and, and I think that because I do, I do think about like starting the blog again every other week or something like that, but I think it's more out of a yearning for like that, that community that came out of, uh, having that blog. I still, I still talk to everybody, um, that I, you know, uh, started the blog with, I guess, or that I, uh, brought into the blog, uh, kind of later. Um, and they've all be kind of just become a support system of sorts for me. So, you know, I, I struggle with it a lot, but I think more than anything, it's kind of a yearning for like that kind of communal aspect of it more than like, I want to write about music necessarily. Right. And do you think, you know, that thought that keeps coming back to you to start it up is simply because of who you had on your staff and sort of how you guys all mesh together? Yeah, definitely. Um, and, uh, you know, whenever I bring it up to them, they're like, you know, and I kind of bring up that, like, you know, I, I, maybe I just like want to meet more people that I like enjoy in that way. But it's also like, it's kind of a, you know, I can't, I can't like, I guess, depend on like, uh, necessarily like having that same kind of bond with other people. If I were to like start it again and bring in more people, right? you know, it, it kind of came naturally i guess the first time around and even as we added more people like they kind of got acclimated to it and we all kind of became like you know it was a very natural process but it was not necessarily something that could happen like all the time or with anybody you know i guess i just got lucky the first time but trying to recreate that uh maybe not as easy i guess yeah and earlier you mentioned getting a job so you can do more things with the label and everything like that. Is your job music industry related or is it just something that you have to have a job and sort of fuel your label and everything? Uh, yeah, more the latter. Um, I, I kind of do music work. I try to do like PR in my free time. 
but that's kind of depressing. <laughs> uh, so I've been like, uh, I've always tried to do like web design, uh, web development for like music uh, people, okay. friends of mine. And I'm, you know, possibly thinking about making a career out of that. I think like in the last few months, I've kind of decided like, all right, I can have funeral sounds be something I do on the side for like the rest of my life. But I'll probably have a lot more luck, like finding a living outside of music, I guess, and just kind of supplementing it that way. Uh, right now, I work at my high school, actually. Okay. I graduated last year, but I work there uh, now, and it's it's cool. I I I you know I want to make more money, but I also probably shouldn't be getting paid what I get paid for what I do right now. So. Uh, it's weird you know I moved out also so like the difference now is that I have to pay bills and, <laughs> right. uh, you know all throughout high school I didn't have to pay any bills so I could do whatever I want with whatever but now I have bills to pay and it's very painful and uh you know I'm kind of just in the same place you know uh just thinking like I'll get a job and I'll save all this money and I'll like you know wait till something like really good comes along and I'll like pour a lot of money into it and hopefully it does great and I'll go from there. But now I'm still just like, nah, I got to pay bills. Uh, most of this money has to go towards bills. Uh, so now I'm just trying to like figure out how to, I don't know, becoming an adult, I guess. And it's kind of painful, uh, <laughs> but necessary. Um, it was going to happen. Right. And what is it you're doing at your high school right now? It's like, I like, I'm supposed to, I, I help with the, like, the IT stuff, Okay. Uh, technically, but it, I don't really do anything. <laughs> they have, like, their own, you know, they have their IT people already, and they're there most of the day. They don't really need me for anything. Right. So I just kind of hang out, and, like, I've been taking, like, classes online. Not, like, college classes, but, like, just kind of, like, you know, uh, video lectures that you can buy. Right. So like some of the stuff that you'll find on Udemy or whatever yeah, sites like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I've been kind of going through that just because there's a lot of like, you know, tech based stuff. And I'd, I'd, I'd imagine if I were to do anything with my life, it'd be some sort of tech job. So I've been trying to like go through that and kind of expedite that process. Uh, I'm not in college right now. I went for like a semester uh, and it was bad. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just trying to like supplement myself uh with like those classes uh for now and like hopefully it gets me somewhere yeah and i think with you wanting to do something like web design i wouldn't say you necessarily need a degree and stuff like that which i suppose you know people could say for my degree which was in music industry too but it's one of those things where you know you still have to sort of learn how to do these things and sometimes it's hard to do that on your own necessarily like if you were just sort of staring at the screen wanting to do web design without having any sort of courses whether they're college courses or like what you're taking that would be a little difficult you know so i think for you doing that if college you know wasn't your cup of tea and it didn't go so well for you i don't think you know that'll be a downside if you ever want to get a job in web design because i feel like something like that focuses a lot more on your portfolio too. Right, exactly. Yeah, and that's and that's been like a big focus is like trying to find like you know friends of mine that I can do work for and like you know build a portfolio. Um, 
and from there like yeah i think with at least especially like with technology it's a lot more uh they'll give a lot more weight to like proven application you know than like i guess other fields would necessarily right so yeah like a big a big kind of goal of mine right now is to like build a portfolio and uh hopefully that'll you know get me something some sort of entry level thing in the next i don't know year or two i don't know how long this is going to take <laughs> right and if I ever need some web design stuff done, I know who I can ask now. Obviously, you know, it would have to wait until I have a job because, you know, I'm in this boat where I'm back home looking for a job because like you, I've been trying to do some of the freelance PR stuff and that in itself is Doesn't it hurt? very difficult. So it's painful. I don't, it's, it's not fun. <laughs> yeah. And while I've enjoyed the artists that I've worked with, it's harder to, you know, get people to hire you to do PR in the first place. So I think that's sort of the harder part for me anyway, because, you know, I have some contacts here and there. I have, you know, go-to people at New Noise, Substream, Chorus, and that sort of thing. So for, you know, the punk, emo, pop punk scene, that's sort of, you know, a lot of the go-to sites right there right aside from you know like stereo gum which i can never get anyone at stereo gum to reply to anything i ever send them <laughs> so you emails know so, are very bad yes are so painful that's that's <laughs> what i mean really is like it's I, I can enjoy it for sure but it's like if somebody doesn't respond to your email it's like it's just kind of hitting a brick wall right every day <laughs> yeah and you know i sort of have been able to figure out, okay, this person, I need to email them a few times because I know they'll respond to me. It's just they're busy and get a lot of emails. So if they see me pop up a few times, then they'll be like, okay, this must be important. And then they'll respond. And, you know, it's sort of just this huge game of, okay, how do I get someone to reply to me? And with a site as big as StereoGum, you know, it's like, okay, I'm just sending stuff to their generic tips at stereo gum email or whatever and i was like does this even work (laughs) or do they just put this on there to have something on there and so far for me it hasn't worked but you know it's definitely still a work in progress and you know once i get a job i don't know if that's necessarily something i will keep doing i might do it for you know the artists who have already hired me before if they want to keep having me do pr then that's fine but i'm not going to try to make you know a whole job out of freelance PR because unless you're with, you know, a company like Big Picture Media or something like that, I feel like that's just something that's still very hard to do. Right. Yeah, definitely. But I know you said you haven't been listening to too much new music, but is there anything that you've been revisiting or sort of just what you've been listening to in general? Uh, I've been listening to a lot of uh, that new Kendrick Lamar album, actually. Okay. Um, like all the time. I started using Spotify actually like a month ago, maybe okay. two or three weeks ago. I was never into it at first. I'm, I'm much more of like a, you know, download music kind of guy, but I, uh, I've been convinced. Um, <laughs> I, I learned how to use Spotify and now I'm like, this is great. I can do whatever I want. I can listen to anything. <laughs> yeah. So uh, especially like with that, with that newfound ability, I've been like trying to catch up on a lot of things I never got a chance to listen to. So that's been interesting, but at the same time, it's still like, eh, a lot of a lot of things that I I I just don't like. I don't know. I'm not I'm not as into it anymore. I guess. Yeah. Uh, 
so yeah, I've been I've been listening to a lot of like just uh, a lot of Kendrick Lamar, a lot of like uh, Milo, just like a lot of kind of hip hop rap stuff lately. And I have like my go to like you know punk stuff, uh, but it's kind of just like older albums um, that have stuck with me for a while that I've always really loved. Yeah, sometimes I feel like it's sort of hard to not only keep up with everything that's been coming out, but just not continuously just go back to stuff you already know and are extremely familiar with because, you know, I don't even know how many albums from last year I've been listening to on a regular basis because I'm just really bad at that sort of thing. And, you know, it doesn't even matter sometimes how much I like the album. It's like, you know, I'll listen to it for like a month or so. Right. And then it'll just sort of like fall off the thing, like fall off right. my radar because I just continuously go back to things like, you know, the Apple Music Essentials playlist for like Fall Out Boy or Green Day or whoever. And there I'm just like, OK, I know I like these songs, so I'm just going to listen to these because sometimes I just want to listen to stuff without having to think about it. Right, and plus exactly. with it. Uh, with as many podcasts as I listen to, it's like, okay, when am I going to listen to music again? <laughs> like, how many podcasts do I have lined up? So, you know, it's it's this constant thing with me where I'm just like, okay, I have listened to a bunch of new music, but there's still a bunch of stuff I haven't gotten to. Like, I am probably one of the few people who have not listened through Kendrick's album yet, which I'm sure by the time everyone hears this episode, I will have done because, you know, this will be going up four days from now. So hopefully by then I will have it listened to. And it's very good. Yeah, I've been hearing that. And it's more of a, you know, I'll look on Apple Music and see how long the album runs. And I'm like, oh, this is like an hour. <laughs> I don't know if I want to <laughs> sit here for an hour listening to, you know, something new right now. So I try and, you know, fit those things in when I'm like, okay, I'm in the mood for this. So now I can sit down and listen to the thing top to bottom. Right. And it's just, you know, it's hard to keep up with everything, especially as someone who enjoys so many different genres, you know, between keeping up with the pop punk emo and that sort of scene. And then I also listen to country music. So then it's like I'm getting recommendations from Craig Manning on some of the lesser known artists and trying to keep up with those. And it's just so much music to keep up with. And I don't think I've been listening to too much rap or hip hop as heavily lately. And I think that's simply because a lot of them have been releasing such long albums. I'm just like, okay, I'll listen to, you know, these people that I know I like, and then everything else can just like wait until whenever, just never in some right. cases yeah I, I i do that thing too um where i like stick to the same thing for like a month or two i listen yeah. to the same like three or four albums for uh i don't know a month and a half at a time maybe um it's usually like i think it's a continuous cycle where like i add one at some point and i like subconsciously drop another like, <laughs> yeah. kind of just unknowingly i don't know if it's an efficient way to to <laughs> listen to music but it's it's how it's probably not. <laughs> yeah. I try to at least listen to something once and then it's like if it sticks with me, it'll sort of like carry me through for a little bit until right. the next thing happens. But it's definitely very difficult. But before we go, I just want to briefly talk about sort of what's coming up with Funeral Sounds. Are you working on any releases right now or do you have stuff planned for later this year? Anything like that? 
Uh, yes, we have, like, I think three or four things in, like, the next three or four months, hopefully, okay. if all goes well, which is really exciting because we've kind of been taking a break for a while. Uh, I moved out of my mom's house, like, in February, so a lot of it's been, like, kind of recuperating and kind of figuring out how, like, you know, bills work and money works and how to, like, time everything and, like, I also got to buy groceries and, like, how... I want to eat and like, you know, all of that, figuring out how to live essentially uh, on my own. So um, that we've been like kind of quiet for a little bit uh, as of recently, but I'm really excited to get things going again, um, especially because like, uh, like I said, it's been really hard to like enjoy music that I usually enjoy. Right. So like every, so now it's like every time I find like an artist that I really enjoy and like want to work with or like am working with or can you know like it comes about somehow mm -hmm. it's really exciting like very very like reinvigorating i guess um is a good word like you know because you know kind of get like man like i used to i used to like all these things i don't like any of this new stuff that's coming out as much um i'm kind of switching up my regular listening uh so it's always really exciting to like find new things uh Within, like, the, the Funeral Sounds kind of label realm, which, you know, I think has, like, I think we have some variety for sure. But, yeah, it's just always always exciting to find, like, things that I, that I, that I like, <laughs> that I, like, feel comfortable with, like, putting out. I don't think I'd ever put out, like, a hip-hop release on Funeral Sounds. I don't think that would go well. I don't know how to handle that necessarily. <laughs> right. So it's, it's, you know, it's very nice to find new things that I think, like, you know, fans of the label would enjoy that I also enjoy. Right. And is there any particular way you go about finding bands? Is it sort of just, you know, you listen to new stuff and then you're like, hey, these guys are good. This band is good. Let's see if we can get them to work with the label if they want cassettes or anything like that. I've always been very bad at that. I've like, I, I do a thing where like a lot of the times I go to my friends and I'm like, hey, is there anything like that you think I would enjoy? You know, and I like I try to, you know, give everything a chance. And a lot of the times it's like, yeah, I mean, OK, not really my thing or like otherwise just like this is cool, but not necessarily something I'd want to work with. But uh, I think every once in a while, like, you know, somebody will turn me on to something really good. Uh, that I like a lot, you know, usually like bands on the label will tell me like, hey, this band is like also good and they'll be good because, uh, you know, it just kind of works that way sometimes. Um, but uh, also sometimes it's just luck. Um, we like I think like two days ago I stumbled upon like there's like a, a, a well you're in the group uh, label friends um, yeah one of them posted about like a, a I don't know if I'll say it but you know they posted about uh, you know a, a project they're working on and you know from a members of a band and they wanted to know if anybody was interested and I love that band and uh, you know uh, just kind of stumbled upon that and they sent me the tracks and it's really good and now we're on that release and that should be happening soon so you know it's I think it's a lot of luck in a lot of ways yeah I think running a label is actually mostly luck um, successfully at least uh, whatever whatever the the um, what's the word I don't know indicator of success whatever your your oh, okay your... yeah your definition of it <laughs> right yeah uh, whatever that looks like to you uh I think it's very, very dependent on like just getting very lucky right? for as long as you can. 
Yeah, definitely. And for my label, I would say that I've had some successful releases, but because of the one that wasn't, you know, the label sort of hasn't been successful as a whole now. Yeah. So I think that's why I'm sort of sticking to digital releases for now. And I feel like sometimes that makes it a little more difficult to bring bands onto the label because a lot of bands, even if they might not be able to sell vinyl or something like that, I've noticed a lot of bands sort of have these unrealistic expectations of what they can probably sell like i won't name the band i probably don't even remember the band's name if i'm being honest but they wanted to you know work with this engineer who had worked on some stuff with green day and something like that and then they wanted vinyl on top of it and i was like so you guys want me to drop like five thousand to seven thousand dollars on your band (laughs) and i was like that's that's not not going to happen because i am one person and this label has not generated remotely close to that much money for me to spend that much on a band in the first place so you know i think some bands also just don't necessarily understand how small some labels are when you say you're a label So I sort of have to, you know, do the explain game with these bands. And I'm like, okay, so look, this is just me. And, you know, at this particular moment, I don't have a job. So I can't, you know, pay for your recording or anything like that. But here's what I'll do. And here's what percent you'll be getting in comparison to the much smaller percent that I take at the moment with all of my bands. And it's like, you know, for the amount of work I'm doing for the band's even though I'm not necessarily paying for a bunch of stuff for them, like the recording, mixing, mastering, and so on and so forth, I still feel like the amount of time that I'm putting into these bands is, you know, well worth that small percentage that I'm taking, which is pretty much better than any major label would ever give any band ever. (laughs) So, you know, I'm not (laughs) trying to rip off the bands by any means, but... I've sort of just started to become extremely upfront with bands. I'm like, okay, here's the thing. I have a label. Here's what I can do. And that's all I can offer you right now. So then I just, you know, sort of leave it up to them to discuss amongst themselves and get back to me. And if they're into it, cool. If they're not, you know, it's not the end of the world. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's definitely. Yeah. And I, I think also like a lot of people don't understand how much like the actual figures of how much money goes into like even just recording an album right um can be very expensive depending on what kind of band it is and you know like what they need exactly um and that's just recording you know uh, yeah. mixing mastering uh, a lot of a lot of money a lot of uh, a lot of money and then you know especially with vinyl like pressing vinyl is thousands of dollars right at least uh, i would say like 2000 most of the time, I usually tell people if they ask me, like, yeah, I mean, you're going to spend at least $2,000. Yeah. And it only goes up from there. And that's because a lot of these places have to do minimums. Like, you know, you can only get a minimum of 300 records or something like that for a lot of these places. I think some might even be closer to 500, maybe. And it's like, right. if yeah. you're a band that is only going to sell a hundred records. It's like, okay, how do you justify me needing to make 200 more for you that you aren't going to sell? And, you know, records take up a lot of space. 
Oh yeah. More so than <laughs> CDs and cassettes do. So it's like, what exactly would you want what me to do, do with, with all these? these? Boxes? Yeah, yeah. It's like, all right, well, let's donate some records to Amoeba or something. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. there's not much you can do with something like that. And I think that's why, in large part, other than money, I'm definitely strictly staying with digital right now because I don't want more boxes piling up because you know bands will tell me one thing and then another thing happens and then i'm stuck with a bunch of a release and not knowing what to do with it so all right you know i definitely understand how you feel when trying to look for bands and everything too because you know i feel like i probably should be emailing at least you know a band a week or something trying to get more bands on the label because right now i don't have anything planned for the label i hit up two bands one is going to get back to me one said they were going to pass for now because you know they didn't feel like they necessarily needed the extra help for where they're at right now and you know i sort of just play it by ear with all of this it's like okay if i end up having a release later this year i end up having a release later this year and you know that might not be great for you know Facebook likes or Twitter followers or things like that to be silent for a good chunk of time. But, you know, this is something I'm doing just because I like these bands. So I would not say that I'm trying to make a living off of this label by any means. Right. Yeah. And and that's that's something I I struggled with for a while, especially um, in high school was like, you know, I, I was trying to like really work you know just like work really as hard as i could do as much as i could uh in high school so that hopefully like post high school it'd be a lot easier to kind of transition into um not even necessarily like funeral sounds full-time but something else full-time you know music related and like that kind of happened for a little bit uh and then you know fell through and uh yeah i mean uh i forgot where i was going with this so (laughs) yeah i totally get what you mean though Because, you know, when I was at Drexel, I sort of started doing a bunch of these different things at Drexel. That's when I started writing for, you know, the the student music industry website, which was called The Correspondence. And it sort of ended up dying off, basically. I don't think anyone is still keeping that up now. But then from there, I started Hi-Fi Noise and I started Wreck-It Records as my senior project. So I was sort of trying out all of these different things. And it just so happens that I've been keeping up both. Whether or not that's been, you know, super consistent or anything like that is a different story. But, you know, I don't think I should have to stop doing the label just because I might only do a release a year or something like that. You know, that's not really necessarily my concern because if it's something I'm doing as a hobby, you know, if people like the band, they like the band. If they don't, you know, there's nothing I can really do about that. So it's sort of just, you know, probably always going to be a work in progress, I guess you could say. Yeah. And I don't have a problem with that. So, you know, it's probably never going to be something like a No Sleep Records or Rise Records or anything like that. But I'm fine with that. So I think, you know, it's just one of those things where if you've come to terms with how something's going to be, it'll go so much better for you. Right. Yeah. And that's and that's something I've definitely been uh, learning to do, I think, over the past year or two, kind of coming to terms with everything. Um expectations and and all of that yeah 
Definitely. Well, I think that is sort of a good note to end this podcast on. So thank you so much, Mark, for coming on. If, you know, there are any funeral sounds releases later on in the year you want to come on and talk about, I'm definitely down to have you back on again. I know you mentioned on Twitter that you were thinking about starting your own podcast, right? Uh, yeah, toying with Debating. it. Debating? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. I, I think I do that a lot. Uh, I don't know. I always want to do something else. I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you ever want more practice, you are more than welcome to come back on this podcast and talk about, you know, more funeral sounds releases and that sort of thing. Thank you. I appreciate that. Awesome. And thank you to Vinyl Me Please for sponsoring this episode. Again, I'll have the link in the show notes so you guys can check that out. Go sign up if it's something you're into. And to our listeners, as always, thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.